everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're in Exodus 2, and I want us to spend some time thinking about what it means to be average or overlooked, ranked highly or ranked lowly. How does God deal with, treat, think about, or deploy people who would be classified or categorized differently, ranked differently by society? Who's at the top and who's at the bottom? We all remember our childhood recess days when kids would pick teams for kickball out on the playground. There were the standout athletes who were always picked first if they weren't already the team captains. And there were the kids who would be picked last. Athleticism, probably not their greatest strength. But then there were the kids in the middle, the average playground kickball players. They didn't stand out as the best, and they didn't stand out as the least athletic. They were just there. And in general, no one likes to stand out as the worst. In a group of peers, I can imagine it isn't fun to be the last one picked. And most kids, I'd imagine, would love to be the first pick. I mean, who wouldn't? But then there are those in the middle. And I think that might be where most of us fall today. In a hierarchy of society, I'd imagine most of us fall in the middle. We aren't professional athletes or famous celebrities. Most of us listening probably aren't billionaires or CEOs. You probably aren't listening to this podcast if you're homeless. We're in the middle. And what does God do with people, quote unquote, in the middle? Now, if you are listening and you're not average by society's definition, that's great. God's got you where he does with intention. The body of Christ is diverse, and I'm glad y'all are listening. I'm confident God has something for all of us. And in today's chapter, we're going to be looking at how God deploys average people, those at the top, and those at the bottom by society's definition. So right off the bat, in Exodus chapter 2, we read in the NET, A man from the household of Levi married a woman who was a descendant of Levi. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a healthy child, she hid him for three months. When I read these two verses, I made some simple observations. Remember, good Bible study starts with observation. We ask, what do I notice? The who, what, when, where, and why questions. And in these two verses, who is being spoken about? Honestly, we don't yet know. A guy from Levi and a gal from Levi got married. And normally in the scriptures, we'd at least get a son of blank or daughter of blank. But we don't get that. Just two Levites got married and they had a kid who was a healthy baby. Pretty standard, pretty average. One commentator says, at this point, scripture's aim is to inform us that from an ordinary man and from an ordinary woman whose names there was no need to mention at this point, God raised up a redeemer unto his people. As the story goes, these average parents put their average baby into a wicker basket and into the river to hopefully save the baby's life from the Pharaoh's decree. And this baby's found by a not-so-average woman. We read in verse 5. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself by the Nile, while her attendants were walking alongside the river, and she saw the basket among the reeds, she sent one of her attendants, we don't get a name, took it, opened it, and saw the child, a boy, crying. And she felt compassion for him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Verse 7, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get a nursing woman for you from the Hebrews so that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, yes, do so. 
So the young girl went and got the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. We see all classes of society coming together for a common cause. The Pharaoh's daughter, upper class, the attendant, definitely lower but well taken care of, and a Hebrew mother. Her people have been mistreated by the Pharaoh and enslaved. They were at the bottom of society. So let us not overlook this fact and the fact that the group of people caring for Israel's future leader were women. In response to this, one commentator says, Several women were involved in the events surrounding Moses' birth. The midwives, Pharaoh's daughter, her maid, Moses' sister, and his mother. How ironic it was that women, whom Egyptian and Israelite men looked down on as less significant than themselves, should have been responsible for saving Israel's Savior. Truly, the hand of God is evident. The gospel writers also recorded that several women ministered to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, during his first advent, the commentator concludes. Exodus 2, it's a beautiful picture of people from all walks of life coming together to care for a child in need, a male child. And this child would become the man God raises up to deliver the Israelites from slavery. Though we do see him make a very poor choice, murder, God will use him despite his sin. Because that's what God does. He takes people regardless of their socioeconomic status, regardless of their past mistakes, and deploys them for His glory. He invites us into His plan regardless of whether we'd call ourselves super wealthy or super poor, super prominent in society, average or at the bottom, super successful or super unsuccessful, and invites us into His plans. So as we continue reading through Exodus, we're going to see God use broken people time and time again to accomplish his purposes. And sometimes it might feel like God has forgotten us. It might feel like we're being overlooked, or it might feel like God has given up on us. But the good news is that he never forgets his people. In today's Devo, which we'll link in the description, Diana reminds us that even when our situations or circumstances, even when the places we find ourselves in society might make us feel like God is far or has forgotten us. He hasn't. It's an excellent encouragement I'm praying we'd rest in today. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.